Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey, welcome to this episode of Disruptive CEO Nation. If e-commerce is at all in your business strategy and business plan, then you're going to want to listen to this guest. And even if not, he is so cool and we're going to cover trends. What we have is, and I'm going to say his headline is in all capital letters, is an e-commerce growth expert. He's a serial entrepreneur from Germany, currently living in Bali. And I suppose he could live wherever he wanted. So we would like to welcome to the program, Jem Burrow. Jem, welcome. Thank you for having me, Allison. Pleasure. Hey, tell everybody what delightful things you deliver to the world in your own words. Whew, good question. Let's let's start with the fun things and hard things, huh? <laughs> um, I mean, first things first, born and raised in Germany, right now 24 years old, you know, moved to Bali. And eventually the main things that we are doing that I'm doing with my team um, are, first of all, providing marketing services for other people, mostly in the Google Ads space. So pretty much what we're doing for the world, you could basically say trying to fill the gap between consumer, uh, you know, and vendors and everything. When, for example, when you want to buy something on the internet, you know, we're pretty much making your life easier and helping to bridge the gap between, you know, these two parts from from vendor to, to consumer. Um, and then we, we actually also do the same, right? So we're also manufacturing our own products, uh, developing, developing the own products and depending on the need, you know, adapting the products, having amazing customer support. We're educating people on how to do e-commerce online, how they can start their own online business, uh, and, and eventually resign from their nine to five, if, if you will say so. Yeah. And you're doing it in a big way. I know, uh, that, you have um, under Adcubator, which is your Google ad agency, that you've done um, well, well over 300 million in, in ad spend, which is no no small amount when um, you're working with companies of all shapes and sizes. And I feel like, you know, we can touch base on, you know, not only Google, but TikTok and Pinterest and all of these other Snapchat and all these other platforms. And I think for most business owners, it can get very, very confusing. So, so tell us how you got started in this space, because as you said, you're, you're only 24 and yet I'm building, I'm headlining you as an e-commerce growth expert. So how did you get there? Where did you start out at? It's a great question to ask because it's always super interesting to see where everyone has started off with and, and what their kind of unique story is, right? Eventually started off me being 18, graduating from high school, moving from my hometown, Bremen, to another city where I started studying uh, in the eastern part of Germany, Magdeburg, um, and eventually started studying business economics. So in December 2017, uh, I, I really had no savings or anything, right? And of course, if, if you go to a good high school and everything and everyone starts to study at private universities and everyone is basically funded by their parents, which is a nice thing for them, but I didn't <laughs> have that, right? 
So it was like something, damn, like this would have been actually very nice if I could have that, right? So in the beginning, money was always the motivator. I'm not saying money is going to fix all of your problems, but I'm, but I'm saying it's, you're going to have different problems with money, of course, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the basic necessities that you have, according to Maslow's hierarchy, for example, uh, of, of needs there, you know, first of all, you need shelter, you need food, all that kind of stuff. So start off by me looking up stuff on the internet, how to make money and all that kind of stuff on YouTube, watching different YouTube videos, taking different courses getting started with my first dropshipping store, trying to sell stuff online. And I really had no idea what I was doing, right? Because I was like, well, it's better to get my feet wet than to not get started at all and just overcomplicate everything and taxes and this and that. This is like a big thing that I see with many founders, right? In the beginning, they always tend to overcomplicate something, especially if they have tendencies of, of ADHD or something that they're, they're trying to get everything 100% aligned without even starting, Right. Problems mm-hmm. are not going to arise when you're not even starting, but they're going to arise at some point of time. No one is going to ask you for, for some, some documents or anything after you're just getting started, right? Of course, you should have that, but it's like, go with the flow. This is what happened with me. at least. So started off, didn't know what the hell I was doing, uh, bought a bunch of fake shout outs on Instagram and, and bought fake traffic from like bot traffic tools and anything. Uh, then the store wasn't working. I, I never even had a single add to cart, but I had 25,000 sessions on my store, 25,000 visitors. I was like, what are the odds that I have 25,000 people on my store and none of them are adding it to their cart? Not, not a single one. I was like, wow, chances are <laughs> super low. And I figured like, damn, there has to be something wrong about this, right? And then I eventually started to get educated and everything. I sold the store as, you know, a, a pretty much pre-built store within a Facebook group. So even from the first venture, I actually made money. It wasn't much. It was like 239 euros of profit. But at that time, it was a lot of money for me. I was like, damn, I sold the store. And, you know, I was busy with it for six months, but I learned a lot of things. And this was pretty much starting playground, how, how everything got started. And, you know, me, me trying to get educated, me taking a lot of different courses, reading blogs, reading on Reddit, reading on Twitter, being in discords, being in Facebook groups. So pretty much trying to consume as much knowledge as I could um, in, in a super fast amount of time. And then, yeah, just, just learning by doing, starting to do Google ads for other people, eventually becoming really good at it, if I, if I may say so. Well, um, and I, I also have your, your two comma award winner from ClickFunnels, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. This is with the education company. We have scaled Ecom Incubator within. We we really had no idea what we we're doing in the beginning because it's like a different space, right? Uh-huh. Within an agency, personally, I'm doing the sales. I don't even have a website because I'm I'm not trying to advertise or anything. But people come to me because of me and because of referrals. If word of mouth isn't your biggest number one of of the acquisition short source, then you're probably doing something wrong with your service or deliverables in my opinion um that's a powerful statement i i, I honestly think if 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 word of mouth is not working for you you're you are probably doing something wrong and but most people i interview don't say it that plainly and succinctly so i appreciate that Jim. yeah i mean of course again it's it's not black or white you know there's always a different part of the story and i'm and i'm not saying that within a business, you should only be relying on one single source of acquisition. 
because it's it's kind of like traffic source, right? You mm -hmm. always need to diversify risk and diversify income and diversify uh, income streams and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, we like for Ecom Incubator, we didn't really know what we were doing because the model of the business with info and education is just so different than than e-commerce. With e-commerce, you're you're advertising products, you're selling the products for what, like 30 bucks, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, 60 bucks, whatever it is. We're not trying to sell grills online or, or, or fridges. You know, we're, we're trying to sell like pet products, for example, or beauty products, that type of stuff. And with the, with the education company, Ecom Incubator, it's, it's an entirely different story because we're trying to sell uh, a very, very high ticket service. And it's not, you know, it's, it's a very big investment that people have to make and it's about like their life choices. So how exactly do we go about framing everything that they're actually inclined to book a call? How do we make sure that the people who book a call are a good fit? How do we make sure that they actually commit with the program, right? How do we mm -hmm. make sure that their ethics are in place with our place? How do we make sure that we can support them all the way through and not sell them and then not be able to deliver, right? What about the sales team? Who does the sales team? If we're spending money, someone has to take the sales that calls, right? And eventually talk to them about what their current situation, their status quo and like where they want to be at. And, and if we are potentially the, the right growth partner, so to say, who can help them with that, right? Uh, same with appointment setters and everything, building a course, recording the video. The nature of it is, is so, so, so different, but um, we've been running Ecom Incubator since August 13th last year, so 2021, uh, and it's been hell of a ride so far, I have to say. <laughs> well, let's take it back to one of your core services, which is the the Google Ads. What are and 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 like you said, all business owners and business builders they need to diversify. They need to know their niche markets. They need to you know know where is the digital native playground for their niche clientele. But pretty much everybody needs to be playing in Google ads in, in some way. So what would you say are some of the, the top tips or the strategies that you would tell business builders that they need to be taking advantage of with Google ads spend? First and foremost, I'd, I'd explain the main difference between between Facebook and Google, for example, right? Because you mm -hmm. see that people are running ads on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, whatever it is. Um, but the main difference is that Facebook and Instagram is mainly push-based. So it's supposed to be direct response, right? You're, you're trying to not create just another touch point, but you're trying to drive awareness and, and make the user, you know, take action or, or, or convert, get a lead, get an email, get them to book a call, whatever the action is, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not going on Facebook because they want to use your services or because they want to buy your product or because of anything, right? The reason why purchases on Instagram and, and Facebook happen is, is because it's super impulsive driven, right? We scroll, yeah. we scroll, we scroll. Because on Facebook, we have like many different things. We have I'm going to admit, we have I, have, I have purchased something off of those damn Instagram ads. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone has. I mean, it's 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 not getting any any lesser. Um, but the main difference to Google opposed to Facebook and Instagram is that first and foremost, it's intent based, right? So let's say you're moving to a new city, depending on where you're living in the world. Let's say you're visiting somewhere. First things that you're doing, let's say you're moving somewhere, you need a you need a doctor, you need a dentist, right? So let's start off with these basic necessities. Dentist near me, and then you see all locations, you see all the reviews, right? And this is like mm -hmm. 
a mix between the ads that you're getting and, and the maps and everything. Of course, the organic results, but of course, the ads are always on the very, very top of the search results. Yeah. So this is like the first thing that you see, right? And this is like one type of form of ads. So these are called search ads. You also have shopping ads. Let's say you want to buy Nike Nike shoes, right? For example, you have a specific model, specific size. You, you look up the model and then you're getting these small image ads within Google. So this is a shopping ad, for example. YouTube belongs to Google. These annoying five seconds before a video, if you're not paying for YouTube premium, um, these are YouTube ads that are from Google as well. Whenever you are on New York Times, for example, or, or some other news outlet or blog, you're seeing all these banners and skyscrapers. This is GDN, Google Display Network, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that Google is only intent-based because it's intent-based and push-based, right? So again, very, very direct response and trying to show them something that they didn't know that they needed or have to buy or have to inquire. Um, but Google is certainly a, a great place if you either have no traffic or just want to diversify your, your traffic and, and yeah, pretty much everything again. So let's talk about some of the other platforms because I think what you're saying makes so much sense. And, and again, some of our listeners might know all these things, but the world is of e-commerce and, and advertising. It's, it's a, evol- it's just evolving so quickly. And like I know I've heard a lot of Instagram influencers saying that it's 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 harder to do what they used to do either on their own feeds or in ad placements. But what about uh you're a TikTok marketing partner, a Pinterest marketing partner? Any trends or insights you would share with our li- listeners in those spaces? And um, you know, is there a very viable place for people to look at ad spend in TikTok that more people should be looking at? Yeah, definitely. So if, if we're talking about Pinterest, you have to always try to reverse engineer and think how the entire platform works, right? Mm-hmm. When people have Pinterest, it's mainly women from 35 plus, which is like, I think, 71% of the entire platform. And the main purpose is, you know, getting inspiration, DIY, home decor, that type of stuff. So products within any female niche are always crushing it, quite honestly. <laughs> Um, and I mean, the videos that you have on Facebook and, and Instagram where you are running ads with, you can just take the same exact videos and run them on Pinterest as as another traffic acquisition channel, basically. Um, the reason why you should be doing this is, again, just diversify the traffic. The costs are so much cheaper. So the CPM, the cost per mil, the cost to reach 1,000 people is is just way cheaper. I'm not saying the quality is exactly the same of the traffic because it's a different traffic, right? Mm-hmm. But there's definitely purchase intent because I know that very, very few people are doing Pinterest ads, but I have friends that are doing like 300K in revenue every single month just with Pinterest, which is crazy. And that like, is I've, crazy. I've met them in, yeah, I've met them in 2020. Again, revenue is not profit and the profit is, is always different, right? Mm-hmm. It's anywhere between 20 to 40 percent but it's still not freaking bad for running pinterest ads in germany germany has like what 83 million people i don't know how many people on pinterest probably like 21 million or something um but that being said if we're going to talk about tiktok tiktok is this quote-unquote super new platform that all the gen z people are using and and you know slowly more more adults and everything and it 
starting to develop into another search platform. So whenever someone in Gen Z wants to do a vacation or they're trying to look for food in a respective place, they're not only going to Google, but they're actually going a lot to TikTok. Reason being, if people make TikToks and videos around places and everything, they have tags, they have title or, or description, whatever you want to name it. And with that, whenever someone is looking for travel tips in Rome, for example, or the best pizza in Rome, everyone has their videos, you know, they're trying to go viral, they're trying to make content, become a content creator, land some paid promotions. So this is honestly where it's where it's heading right now. And and if we're talking about the advertising costs, the average cost per mills, average CPM on Facebook that I'm seeing on my accounts is like around what, $16, $17 this is the average. Whereas mm-hmm. on TikTok, it's $570. So it's like one third of the costs. Again, the traffic is not as high quality, but it's a different kind of traffic. So the average order value that we're seeing with TikTok is lower than, than with Facebook, sometimes 20, 30%, but it's still converting very, very profitably. And we're able to push some heavy spend on there. So especially I- because TikTok is super cheap right now, everyone should be hopping onto it right now. And, and even if they're saying, oh, TikTok is not for my business. Yes, TikTok is for your business. You just need to think about how you can, leverage tiktok in the right way that it fits with your with your brand identity and and your entire messaging and your funnel and everything that you have and here where i live in the chicago marketplace we are actually seeing ads on our streaming services like on hulu and um that are specific to using tiktok as a search engine and i i I'm, i'm sure you've seen them too but but we're starting to see them with a frequency because they are pushing it. And and you're right, this piece about doing, um, you know, trial testing, split testing, seeing what, what works until you, you find the right formula for your business is, is really key. And, and going to a partner like you who has these, these types of experiences that can say, oh, no, we've seen a similar company do this Let's try it. Let's try it this way. Can you give us an example of a brand that you have helped recently that you've been just really super excited about the campaign and or the results? Yeah, good question. So recently we started to work with uh, with a company called Avi. And what they do is they sell collagen, right? Collagen is like collagen protein powder. Uh, other kind of stuff. So this is a product I've been super, super passionate about because it's a product where you can see results relatively fast, right? It's when people, especially women, probably same demographic, 35 plus are struggling with Go ahead, Jim, just say it. It's a marketing to me. Go ahead, nails. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> where can I click on the Instagram? Let's go, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's proved that collagen helps with all that kind of stuff, right? So hair loss, bad nails, or or, or broken nails, or that kind of stuff. And it's and it's really insane to see that they have such a big community behind their back. They have a Facebook group with like what fifty five thousand people inside. Not only women, of course, also men. And men use the products as well, and their products specifically uh, for men, for sure. Uh, I wouldn't know for a fact right now because we're focusing on, on, on these collagen protein powders right now. Um, but so far, like we're in what 
like almost two weeks so far results have been actually almost three weeks my bad uh and so far the results have been having super super good i can't talk about numbers and the yeah. specifics and everything but so far uh we're, we're very very happy and uh they are as well so it's like it's actually very funny because i'm working on everything on the google side of things right and a very very good friend of mine jordan menard he's working on the facebook side of things so it's kind of like always uh a healthy competition right because <laughs> i love this guy one of my one of my closest friends lives in california um and like it's it's always a battle right every day we're checking the metrics we're seeing who has a lower cost per acquisition everything so it's not toxic it's like super healthy and, and it you know tries to push me to to beat him which ultimately helps the client and at the end of the day everyone is making more money in that in that particular case right so it's like actually super funny to 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 be on board there and i didn't know until he texted me and he was like hey are you working with them i'm like oh no not yet but like we're talking everything and then like it happened he never told me that he was working with him he just asked me if i was working with them like, yeah. so, so what that's, do you think that's funny the future of e-commerce is are there any any other trends any other thing that you're uh keeping your eye on um, I mean, we've talked about how TikTok is 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 looking to expand what they get in ad revenue, but any other trends that you're keeping an eye on? Any changes in the Google space or in other places? Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't really focus too much on the Google side of things with changes because the question is, do we want to be really micro with the current changes that are going on or do we want to give a really macro perspective? Okay. We talk about macro something that has been going on for some years is something called UGC. So user generated content, right? We're sending a product to a content creator. They're recording some video, Mm -hmm. kind of like all these Instagram ads that you see in between the stories and everything. Um, So these are from, from content creators, of course, they're not a hundred percent authentic. They're not a hundred percent unique. Sometimes they're from customers, but most cases they're from just content creators who are being paid for the promotion, of course. Um, Something that, very few people know of, but are starting to test out. And this is something I've learned from a friend of mine called Mark uh, last year is AGC. So actor generated content. Content creators at the end of the day are not the masterminds behind recording the content, right? You're giving them a briefing. You're telling them, hey, have like some decent lighting recorded during the day. You don't have any noise. Don't have any dogs barking in the video. Make sure to have clear audio, clear and crisp audio. Um these are things that we disassociate from our brand. And these are things that we do not want you to mention. For example, if it's, uh, let's say you are selling flavor cubes for water um, because of regulations in the US with the FTC or whatever, you're not allowed to say health, right? Because then okay. you, you can't say it's it, it brings health or, or it's healthy. You can say it tastes good. And it, it helps with this, but you can't say it, it makes you healthy, right? Because that's like a, an over-exaggeration and a, and a big statement, and especially with CPG. So like everything food and consumables, you need to be very, very careful about what you're saying. So what a few people, a few of my friends and I have been kind of like staring to is AGC, actor-generated content. So we're going on backstage, kind of like this actor pool platform uh looking for talented actors and instead of having content creators record all of the videos for the ads we're making it 
we're, we're basically getting it done by actors, right? Because of course, they're not professional actors. It's not like I'm talking to Ashton Kutcher, mm-hmm. for example, right? It's more so that they're looking for, for gigs um, and are happy to just build their portfolio and not saying they're not professional, not saying they're Hollywood actors, right? But But they're good, right? Gets the job done in a very, very amazing way in a very convincing way so it seems very organic right Mm -hmm. and it's not about deceiving anyone you know because this is something you could definitely claim here it's more so about how do i really show the respective products benefits to a prospect right and and this is just like who is winning in the auction kind of like ebay you're bidding ten dollars for an item i'm bidding 50 do i have to pay 50 no i just have to pay a bit more than you 50 cents or, or a dollar more similar to Facebook, right? Cause there is an auction as well. And with any other platform, super complicated. Um, but yeah, this is something that, that we're currently steering to. And this is going to be a very, very big trend because it's slowly starting to develop and we see that. Right. And I see more and more and more people use it. I see more and more people talk about it. So it's just a matter of time until someone really goes public with it on a conference and, and makes it like a big thing. I don't think that many people have actually talked about it before in public because it's kind of like a thing that people know on, on the back hand, you know, like a low-key thing. Um, but this is a big trend that we're seeing and, and also TikTok with the, with the search functions that people are, you know, because when you, when you want to swaddle a baby and you don't know how to calm it down, where are you going? You're going either on Google or on YouTube, right? You're not going yeah. on Facebook. You might be going for TikTok there in the future as well because people are recording the short-form media, right? The short-form media is penetrating the long-form media because if I can get something done in 30 seconds and get like trip advice, I'd rather go on TikTok and just look an aesthetically pleasing video instead of watching yeah. a YouTube video you know, or watching through TripAdvisor. You know, Jem, the short-form media, aside from TikTok, I was really surprised. I was just at Podcast Movement and they were talking about doing five-minute podcast episodes and we're like, what? That's like not a podcast episode, but this, what you're talking about, about short form media is, is definitely where everything's going for all content creators, whether you're a business creating your own digestible content for other people. Um, so I, I'm completely, you know, sold on what you're saying here. I think in modern society, the attention span is always going lower and lower because just we're, (laughs) You know, we're so addicted to this thing here that we're always checking it. We have notifications on everywhere. We need to make sure we're always following up with our trends and, and, and friends on Instagram and WhatsApp. We're, we don't want to make sure that we're missing an email. And of course, we have to be 24-7 available on Slack if any one of the team needs us, right? So I think modern society is steering to this addiction i mean many people are addicted to their phone but they're not seeing it right if you're spending like three four hours on your phone for sure you're addicted like even if it's for email or slack like there is no need for me to check my emails 20 30 times a day and open the damn app or have notifications right of course if it's something urgent i might need to check i mean i might need to check a bit more often but like in my opinion it doesn't justify having that thing always open and always using it and always because basically this is how I grew up, 
right? Yeah. I grew up with my phone and, and the internet and, and Instagram. Well, Jim, you're going to make me think that you living in Bali is a waste of a beautiful vista if you're <laughs> addicted to your phone and computer the way the rest of us are. Hey, you know, we come up on these interviews very quickly, um, talking about short format. We we try to be quick and concise, but I, I like to ask my guests, you know, if we came back and, and talked to you in another two years, what's what's the story? Where are you going in terms of the businesses that you're working on? It's a good question that I've honestly been asking myself for the past few months, probably the last six months. And I'm, and I'm asking myself, like, hey, what is the direction that we want to move into? Because right now I'm directly involved in... in directly and indirectly in, in seven total ventures. Like some of them are mine. Some of them I'm just invested in with my time or money. Um, so it's, it's always a great question. And I think it depends on the nature of the business, but overall, like the main thing that I have is with Ecom Incubator, we're trying to, I'm, I'm not saying we're trying to replace schools or anything, but what we're doing and what we're seeing is kind of like staring into a, tiny revolution of the education system if that makes sense mm -hmm. right because i went to uni as well i never finished my degree um and in germany it's it's covered by by the state right it's it's covered so it's not like i had to take a loan out for 200k just to go to university thankfully i didn't otherwise uh that would have been a very, very bad thing because I know that that's, that's the way how they do in the U.S., right? You have to take out a loan and then pay it, pay it over, over years and years and years. Um, but like, quite honestly, especially because like, I've, I've made that experience, right? I know how it is to go to uni and I know what kind of value I've gotten or not have gotten mm -hmm. uh, from going there. So like, honestly, we're just trying to, to help people and, and provide an alternative, right? which is like something that is very sustainable because we're not just teaching them, oh, and this is how you set up ads and this is how you drop shipping. We're actually te teaching freaking marketing fundamentals, how to do direct response, yeah. which is like a totally different approach to this entire space, which like I haven't seen anyone do so far. Um, so this is the direction that we're heading into. So hopefully free more people from the traditional nine to five, so to say, and just provide like some more higher level education inspire more people when I'm, when I'm speaking on keynotes, help more people achieve their business goals and, and just make an impact. Cause like, it's far over the point that it's for me just about like making money. Like I've, I've made enough money in my life that it's like, okay, like what do I do now? Now it's about like the, the impact level. Well, right? Jim, that's what we're all, that's what we're all about on this podcast is we're, we're all about um, people being innovative and, you know, everybody defines success in a different way. Um, and I think who you speak to, it's how they're, what they're motivated by is, is different. But I think the fact that people need to try, they need to go out, as, as you said, you know, you learn by, you learn by doing, and hopefully you have some great guides and mentors and communities and resources along the way, whichever path you take, whether you're going to an accelerator, or whether you're kind of doing it more on your own. So I really admire and appreciate what you're you're saying. And I'm still, I'm going to joke. I'm going to tell you, Jim, before I interviewed you, I was talking with another founder who I was interviewing and I said, oh, I've got to interview this 
this gentleman by the name of Jem. And I said, I got to be honest. I think I hate him. I think I hate how much knowledge he has at his age and what he's been able to do with it. So um, take that as a compliment that I told somebody else before even meeting you that I think I hated you just a little bit. <laughs> I will. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Hey, Jem, if people want to find out more and get a hold of you, where should they go? What should they do? If they're trying to connect with me, I'd say the best places are three places. First and foremost, Instagram. Uh, the name on Instagram is Jemboro, J-E-M-B-O-U-R-O-U-H. Same on LinkedIn, which would be the second platform. And the third platform would be Twitter, where I'm just mainly posting my thoughts and breakdowns and threads. Same here, Jemboro, but a D-E at the end for Germany, because my real name was already taken. So I had to come up with something. <laughs> I'm Allison Summer Chicago on LinkedIn. So it's it's not the same on all the handles. Uh so it's the way it's the way it is. Hey, listen, it's been absolutely delightful. I know you're there in, in Bali. I'm in Chicago. I am definitely gonna maybe make you a best friend when it comes to the first week of February. Um, <laughs> So again, thank you for sharing your insights and and for being a guest. And to our listeners, always keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Jem, thank you again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.